0: So hello, folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show. Saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. The Sales Chat Show team back in the studio. Mr. Phil Jessen, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is entitled, Who else would like to know how this magician's trick can boost your sales success. So we're going to go to a rather unusual, uh, sorry, a rather unusual field of endeavor of magic and conjuring tricks to see see what we might learn from this, this uh, interesting area. This was inspired by an article I saw over the weekend in a newspaper um, about some research that scientists have conducted And when it comes to card tricks, the article says you don't have to be a magician to predict which one most people will choose. The scientists discovered that when faced with a choice of four cards and asked to choose one, most right handed people, interestingly enough, would pick the one third from the left. Now, this was according to the research, because we have an innate dislike of edges so we prefer to choose objects in the middle. So this this edge. Um concept also exists in supermarkets. People like to take items from the center of the shelf rather than the edges. And that reminded me of a conversation we had on a sales chat show episode some time ago when Graham was talking about decoy pricing. And we the conversation went on to the importance of having those, those three choices and the one in the middle. So I thought we ought to just pull those threads together and reapply them with this concept. So, Graham, could you give us your uh, summary of the those key points we discussed last time about having three options as part of decision-making and choosing the one in the middle, please?
1: Yeah, people find it very difficult to choose, for example, between two things, and they find it difficult to choose between four, five, six things. So actually people want life made easy for them. If you give them three choices, even if you've only got if you've got a product or a service and you've only got two choices, you have to invent a third one that you're never going to sell or doesn't really exist, but it gives the people a choice. So you then give them a choice between those three things. And the one they choose is almost always in the middle. So some of that stuff you said about uh, people not liking the edges, that's true. Uh, People uh, don't like the left-hand side very much because that Uh, signals to them that's in the past they don't like the right hand side of the choices because that's in the future so they opt for the middle and in fact when you're talking about left hand the right-handed person um what the uh, magician will do is ask you to do things like shuffle the pack or cut the cards none none of which are relevant to the trick but it tells the magician whether you're left or right-handed so they then know which card you're going to choose um, because effectively you're ignoring one at the end because we don't like the edges and you're choosing the middle one of the ones that remain. So that, that's what, whereas the left-hand person will ignore the one at the far end and the left hand will be the one, you know, they're choosing second from the left, not third from the left. So once the magician knows what hand your, your dominant hand is by getting you to do something, they can then know which card you're going to choose. And so, so
0: that's a combination of the edges and the yeah. "give me an easy life" or laziness, as yeah. it referred to it in the in the article in the newspaper. So it's going to be one of the two yeah. middle, one of the two middle. Um, <clears throat> but we, you mentioned three choices. I understand one choice would feel to a customer, you know, do you want to buy this? That would feel like take a, it or
1: leave a, it. A, it. Take yeah. it
0: or leave it. What's the problem with two choices?
1: The problem with two choices is that. We don't know which one to choose because it's a 50-50 split. So it's kind of, well, I could choose this or I could choose that. So we dither and we don't know what to choose. So actually, we prefer to have a choice almost forced upon us. So you mentioned supermarkets. Supermarkets do that exactly by putting the stuff they want you to buy at eye level. Uh, Because people don't look down the bottom of the shelves. The stuff on the bottom shelf doesn't sell very much. And the stuff on the top shelf doesn't sell very much. Eye level sells the most. So guess where they put the most profitable items? They put them at eye level. The stuff they're going to make less profit on because... Their margin on it is it you know they're having to pay the supplier more than they would like. They have to put that lower down because they don't want you to buy much of that. They want you to buy the stuff they make the profit on. So they put that at eye level. So it's an easy decision for us to make. What shall I buy? I buy the stuff I can reach easily without having to bend, without having to look down, without having to you know stretch or anything like that. We want an easy life. Just pick the stuff that's at eye level. So, so,
0: firstly, firstly, make it easy for your customer. Yeah. Secondly, in in a non-retail environment, let's in B two B sales or something. Um, three choices. The research you talked about last time we spoke on this helps people to make a choice.
1: Yeah, and if you're if you're writing a proposal, for example, never list your choices vertically. Always list them horizontally. Put them in a table, and put you know the choice you don't want people to buy. Uh, on the left-hand side, the choice you want them to buy in the middle of the three columns that you'll have in your table, and the choice that is the one that's the decoy, as it were, uh, that's sending them back to the middle is the right-hand column. And so you put those three across like that, they'll choose the one in the middle. Whereas if you do it vertically, you just list it as bullet points, as often people do, then people aren't quite sure you know, what to do about it. So we like to know left to right, The left is the past, the right is the future, the middle is the present.
0: Yeah. And so you could have option A pricing, option B pricing, option C pricing, and potentially option B might be more expensive. Yeah. And and you you you're guiding and you put your most
1: profitable one in the middle.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is which is fantastic. So two choices is like a dilemma, binary choices. I remember. Don't know what to do. Yeah. Caught between caught between yeah. two, so actually three. But when we go to four, five, six, now we're causing confusion. Is, yeah. that, is that So we, you theory? end up with
1: what's called decision paralysis, so that people can't make a decision because their brain is going, well, you could buy this or you could buy that. And by the time they get to the fifth choice, they've forgotten what the first and second were. So they've got to go back, and then they've forgotten what the fifth one is. And they, they dither and go backwards and forwards and then go, oh, I'll look at this later, and then never make their, their mind up. Um, And so the more choice you give people, the more they dither. Um, and then, if they're dithering, they're likely not to buy. They increase the chances of not buying. So you you want to give them as few choices as possible. And if you go back to the magician, think about what the magician does with the find the lady trick. It's three cards. Yeah. Think of what they do with the you know the classic cups and balls. It's three cups and three balls, and that you know they disappear and reappear. There's a lot of threes in magic as well as in. Um, you know, there's sales. There's a lots of threes in speeches. You know, the whole notion of threes. You know, the uh, famous Martin Luther King. I had a dream. You know, he said it three times. Each time he used that phrase, "I had a dream," "I had a dream," "I had a dream." He repeats that several times throughout the speech, but each time it was in threes. Yeah. So when you talk about things, when you see. People writing things, they will tend to write things that when people are really attracted to it, it's written in threes. So rather than saying, you know, uh, a salesperson is good at A and B, if you write a salesperson is good at A, B and C, then people perceive it as more complete. They think there's something missing if there isn't a third thing that you say. So this
0: this pattern of threes occurs is occurring quite a lot. And and you know, I was interested in your comment about you know the the paralysis of choice. You know, I, I experience that sometimes if I look at Netflix and I have so many possible options of things to watch. I sometimes find myself scrolling through for several minutes because I've got a myriad of choice. It will be yeah. almost be beneficial for Netflix to actually restrict my choices
1: now in the olden days now phil you can remember the olden days unlike the rest of us but <laughs> and, Indeed. Yeah, uh, in the <laughs> in the olden days uh, you had bbc1 bbc2 and itv three little buttons on your television and in those days programs had 25 million people watching it because they had no choice. Now, there are millions of people who go onto their smart TV and they scroll through the 180 live channels. They then go backwards and forwards through Netflix and Amazon Prime and half an hour later, they go, cool, there's nothing on. Yeah, yeah. And so and they... have
0: also got YouTube, as, yeah. obviously integrated into many of the smart TVs, but as other options, you know, other options... So I
1: well. mean, there is plenty on, yeah. but they're far too... Many choices to make.
0: Yeah, which is so we don't want to we don't want to cause that sort of decision decision paralysis. Uh, Mr. Jesson, other other application of threes from from your perspective. Graham is starting to broaden yep. it out. Magic sales. Uh, we know in speech making the rule of threes. Well, I think it certainly
2: that. applies in um, any presentation, whether it be a presentation to a group of. Four or five decision makers in a room or whether it be a presentation from a a stage in the event of a a keynote address, Um, the obvious place to start with three bullet points, as it were, is the objectives slide. I think many people confuse their audience by having a, a, a whole range of objectives for their presentation that very often almost go into double figures. It's much, much better, I think, for the audience to hear words like, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, welcoming me this afternoon. And um, there are three main things I want to cover here in the next hour. Bang, 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 three bullet points. During the presentation, uh, there are plenty of opportunities, of course, to talk maybe about the new product that we might be introducing. Well, don't ramble on about it. Uh, just talk about the three main features of said new product. Or if you get to a summarizing stage about the benefits of the proposal that you're talking about, then talk about the three main benefits of the proposal. Uh, And right towards the end of the presentation, uh, as Graham has already hinted, there is an opportunity to take the three-part technique that we're talking about now, uh, merge it with the technique of repetition uh, Gramer of course was talking about um, if I had a dream, you know in the the dream uh, technique used by Martin Luther King I had a dream uh, and the other element of the uh, the soundbite uh, is of course the contrast so when you think of that well-worn phrase tomorrow's technology today which is often used by companies as a closing slide um it's a it's a bit of genius because there are three words on the screen the repetition is around the letter t and there's a delightful contrast between tomorrow and today so that is the probably the simplest way of wrapping the thing up saying well i just like to leave you with couple of things to think about three words to be thinking about bang 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 tomorrow's technology today is a very good example of finishing with three words on the screen
0: on the repetition i um, was introduced a few few months ago to a quite an interesting way of subtly reinforcing and repeating your main message which would be to use your three key messages as phil is so so very very uh, expertly describing your know, the three things on your slide have that as your agenda slide and say i'm going to cover these three things cover the first one and then return put your agenda slide in again and tick off number one and now talk about number two so by the time you've got to the end of your presentation you have repeated your three key points several times but in a way that appears as though it follows the flow of the presentation. And that's yeah. the, the point about driving home the, yeah. the because repetition obviously includes, it helps retention, doesn't it? And then, well, the, the most famous
2: example is often uh, quoted as being the Winston Churchill uh, beaches speech, where mm. he didn't say, uh, you know, we're going to fight on the beaches, in the streets, in the factories, in the whatever. Uh, there was a lot of repetition around, We will fight on the beaches. We will fight in the fields. We will fight in the streets. Uh, And if you think about uh, the business application of that, if if one of the themes of the presentation is that we need to work better as a team, uh, you don't finish the presentation by saying we need to work better as a team on A, B and C. You say we need to work better as a team on A. We need to work better as a team on B, and we need to work better as a team on C. So, re- regardless of the A, B, and the C, there's this drumbeat going in of we need to work better as a team.
0: Yeah, I think there's some really powerful concepts here for people to to think about with those those rules of threes and and. Um the research i was exposed to from decision labs in the usa people uh, saying that customers typically remember 8 to 12% of a supplier presentation after 48 hours so <clears throat> if you say a working 10% on average you want them to remember the right 10% and that i think is why those are the three those are the three points you want them to remember so when they do the decision making in an internal meeting when you're not there, because quite often they're not going to make the final decision over who they're going to go with or who they're going to buy from while you're there with them. They might do it internally. You've really implanted your three key selling benefits or three most important points very, very firmly in their mind and, and they'll, and they'll remember them. So I think there's, you know, there's a number of ways to apply it as well as for sales managers and sales leaders if salespeople chase too many different objectives, they will lose focus. So agreeing what are the three most important focus points or three most important target areas for the month or the quarter or the year, again, I think would, would you know, bear, yeah. bear fruit and as well.
2: I, and I, th- I think another thing I'll always remember is that years ago when uh, uh, I was talking to a group of people about the the techniques, so, so, some months later, I had a very nice email from one of the people that attended that session, saying that he was quite struck by the technique and had used it very, very effectively with his children. So rather than boring them to tears with a thirty-minute lecture over their behaviour, um, <laughs> he had wrapped the thing up uh, in, in lightning time by having a chat with them, and of course finishing with the words, "Okay, well." three things we need to focus on then are and mm. just kept it to three things. And of course, the child or the teenager uh, will remember the three. Uh, they won't remember the nine, uh, which they will regard as somewhat boring and irrelevant. But they'll remember the three.
0: Yeah. So powerful, powerful concepts there on threes. Mr. Jones, but, any, well, I think any it, thoughts from you?
1: It's worthwhile pointing out that threes are all around us and they're in nature. Um you know how many primary colors are there oh there are three um how many ways of organizing a business are there oh there are three sole proprietor partnership or company uh how many months are in a quarter oh there are three everywhere you look there are three things um that are important they're easy to remember they're easy for our brain to get to grips with if you are an archaeologist and you look at or you're interested in architecture? Guess how many different types of columns there are in Greek architecture. Oh my goodness, there are only three kinds of columns that the Greeks came up with. So wherever you look, from thousands of years ago to now, everything's in threes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a real, uh, a real. Um... Some really really interesting things for our listeners to think about. How you might be able to apply this concept of three. So, in in the spirit of that, let me give you my. And I just add one three. more thing. Oh, oh, but that's going to make it four. No, go on, go No, on. go on.
1: It's <laughs> not going to make it four because I just want to ask people, you know, if they listen to their favorite podcast, how many people are on the podcast?
0: It's got to be three, surely. Any podcast? Oh my goodness, there's three, three of us. <laughs> I d- deliberately chosen that way. Right from the beginning, it wasn't just that we thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast. With
1: face proven, three. my lord,
0: I, I I I rest my case, my love. So, uh, three things to think about, folks, out of what we've discovered. Giving the customer three choices, uh, the second one is to put the one you most want them to choose, or that's the most profitable for you. In the middle, because people feel more comfortable about choosing the middle rather the edges and using three key most important points, three key benefits in your presentation and probably repeating them three times. As, as well. So we'll leave you to play with the rule of threes, dear listeners. I'm sure that will really, really help. If nothing else, it will make your sales presentations shorter and more to the point with your customers. So you definitely won't be Committing death by PowerPoint, if you've just got those three key points to drive for. So from the uh, the three musketeers of the sales chat show, we would just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. There are, I'm hoping there's got to be nearly 300 episodes. There probably aren't quite that many in the sales chat show back catalogue, but there'll be a three in there somewhere. There's at least
1: 103 <laughs>
0: Where we, I think we're two sixty, two seventy, something, something like that, folks. But you can go and choose your three favourite episodes from the uh, vast back catalogue. You'll find that from all the major podcast platforms, please remember to subscribe to the Sales Chat Show wherever you prefer to access your podcasts and you'll be notified of new episodes like this one that we release on a regular basis. And in the meantime, we would all like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks.